What's up, everyone? I'm Michael Jewell, and welcome to Theater Greater Than Film, The Green Room, the show where we watch a piece of pop culture, very unprofessionally critique it, and then improvise one scene that's so good you might even get a chuckle from he who remains. Believe me, as always, we will fail every single time. So before we get started, allow me to introduce our lovely Yes Anderers for this Final show of Loki. She's clearly still the most evil variant from her timeline. The wonderful Virginia Gabby. I'm here and I'm evil. (laughs) (laughs) So true. And a person so ruthless, he should change his last name to Chris Mean. It's Mr. Chris Mead. Hello, everyone. So glorious to hear you all. One day I'm going to get you to actually <laughs> fake mean, and it's going to be great. And, uh-oh, who's this? There's a voice, there's a laughter, a familiar sound. A time door has just opened and released pure chaos into our room. He's finally here to wreak pure havoc on our little itty-bitty show, the wonderful Mercurial. Arfrey Mansfield's back in the timeline. Hello, I'm so excited to talk with you all about Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, I don't even want to talk about that movie. I will, we will talk about that on another podcast, and that is another podcast for another day. Uh, and today, <laughs> we're talking about episodes five, ooh, and six, the final two episodes of Loki, which we find out, as spoiler alert, that this is the final two episodes of Loki season one, because there will be indeed a season two of Loki, the first back-to-back seasons in the MCU proper of TV shows or whatever. But anyway, let's dive right into it. First impressions, as always, for episodes five and six. Let's do them both at the same time. So Chris, what are your first impressions, episode five and six? I've talked a lot on this show about how much I think uh, Loki owes a debt to my favourite television programme of all time, which is Doctor Who. Uh, There is a lot that it shares. It's both about an eccentric British guy who is shooting through the timeline at the behest of these faceless, bureaucratic time meddlers. Um, The only difference being that the, the, the budget for this one, I would say that it's probably like uh, Doctor Who's entire budget for all 72 seasons is about the same as the opening title sequence for Loki. <laughs> Agreed. But apart from that, it's the same. And this episode five, there's a tradition in Doctor Who, which is called the multi-Doctor story. Uh, because oh, the Doctor yeah. is played by more than one actor, uh, sometimes more than one of those actors, they meet up and there's more than one Doctor in the episode. So this was a multi-doctor story episode five was and it was i love those stories so much and i thought they did them so well and i loved every i mean alligator loki is obviously the standout star but all of the lokis were amazing and um i just yeah so much fun with this episode i thought it was 
uh, just sublime. I loved every single second of it. So Alligator Loki is very much the Christopher Eccleston Doctor of mm. the Loki-verse. I, I would yeah, just yeah. point out a couple of things uh, that, Chris, I, I'm saddened to say y- you got wrong. Um, oh, for no. a start, <laughs> Loki isn't isn't British. He's uh, If he's anything, he's Norwegian. Um, Mother's the Doctor. Mm. This is this is true, uh, but also you you mentioned that they they both work for time meddlers, and as we all know, the time meddler or the meddling monk uh, was never actually an employer of the Doctor or Mortimus to give him his uh, the name that the novels gave him. So just let's let's not pretend that uh, that you know the Doctor ever worked for him. It's uh, it's it's just a little point, and uh, I don't expect you to know any better because it's not like you've seen much Doctor Who. I would wow. say that. I, <laughs> well, hold on. I mean, let's not. Hold get on. There's a, a big... lot of shade. Arfie's been holding on. He's been holding that in for four episodes. He's like, fuck y'all. Y'all left me alone. <laughs> he's ready to go ham. Oh my God. Wow. All right. Go ahead, Chris. All right. What do you got to say back? Um, I mean,. Up is absolutely true. I did broaden <laughs> my terminology a little bit because I didn't expect to be picked up. But yes, of course, when I said the meddlers, I was saying the Time Lords. I think the mm-hmm. Time Lords would like to think of themselves as the guardians of the timeline, where actually they meddle as much as anyone else. Um, like the, uh, the White Guardian and the Black Guardian, if you will, who, again, aren't Time Lords. Hey, Virginia, what do you think about uh, Doctor Who's time meddlers? Sounds like a party. You know, we're all doing drugs and going on different timelines. And um, that's my take from Doctor Who, I think. All right. What is your take on episode uh, five or six or both of Loki, this show? Alligator Loki is, in fact, my favorite when he bit off the other Loki's hand arm. That was gold. Things continue to be very purple. And I like Richard E. Grant. Was he in with Nail and I? Was he the one who put bags on his feet? He was with Nail. Yes. Yeah, we all all like Richard E. Grant. I think that was like a uh, (laughs) no-brainer casting. In many ways, he had gone on holiday to the void by mistake. (laughs) (sighs) on holiday by accident. All right, so we did love uh, the multi-Lokis. Did we love, like, I'm calling it self-cessed when you're uh, just getting hot for your own self? Is that, like, a thing? Are we okay with that? Did that get We've a little all weird? done it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've definitely done it. I've done it as many times as I possibly can per day. It's great. But do we feel like it wasn't weird? I don't know. I was watching it, and, like, I couldn't separate myself for a little bit from that well i think that sylvie and loki loki they they are kind of different they've got like different motives and kind of different ideologies and so they're not like totally the same i would agree i think their timeline diverged at such an early stage i think we would probably assume that the timeline diverged right we see odin pick up loki in one of the early thor films when he's still a frost little frost guy he changes into an asgardian before before odin's eye at that point i would like in my head canon that is the moment 
that Sylvie becomes, uh, you know, she changes to become something that Odin might want to take home. So if that's the point that the two Loki's timelines began to change, then that's really early on. And I would agree with Virginia that they're very they're different characters. Vastly different, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I it's would a also note thing. that uh, self-love is not so vile a sin as self-neglecting. It's true. Very true. Very true. If you if you don't take care of yourself, you maybe you'll become a variant yourself. You don't know. Do we do we think what did Sylvie do? Like since she was a baby Loki, like what could she have possibly done at that moment to even set herself apart and become a variant? So it's clear that it's not always the Loki's fault. So as we saw in Endgame, these opportunities for variants come up without necessarily the Loki's input. So, um, and I think that's that's one of those things that comes up that shows the Time Variance Authority, like the Time Lords, like the Jedi or, or whatever, are wrong and bad. Um, that, that they have all these rules and yet you break them without meaning to. Um, obviously, Loki is a, he's a bit of a, a trickster, if you will, um, a bit of a Bugs Bunny sort. Um, but <laughs> nonetheless, you can't blame him in this instance. And the chances are you can't blame most of the other Lowe's key. Loki? <laughs> no, that's Locuses. not it. No. Locusts. <laughs> Loki. Loki. Yeah, I'm going well, Loki. <laughs> okay, how would you spell it then? <laughs> I would definitely not spell it L O S K I. Los Keys. Is yeah, that Loski. Like a... That's the name of the, the Loki Spanish? jet ski. What? The Loskis. Oh, so glad damn someone's it. paying attention because the rest of us missed that very true point. Let me ask you a question, Virginia. Why? Oh, why? Is the is there no like black? Uh, Loki's that aren't British. Why are why are like all of the Loki's British in your mind? Is the better or from the UK have that accent? Because we wouldn't know they were all the same person if they all had different accents. Okay, so that's the dumb dumbs who don't understand this world. Because <laughs> I'm watching this, yeah. Because I'm watching this, and I'm like, yo, there's no like Jamaican Loki's out there, or like you know, like that we saw. That we know of. Of the we ones know, we saw. Right. We we just stuck to the, you know, the very basic ones. The ones that, you know, any kind of multiverse would have. You know, you've got the original, the kid, the alligator. I mean, those are the three main the very archetypes. Basic ones. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's the, the seven ages of man you go through. There's, there's kids, original, uh, alligator. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. um, you know, all the worlds are stage and um, all that kind of thing. Go ahead, Virginia. What do you got? Oh, well, I was just going to say maybe for season one, we're staying in the British Isles, but then we're going to cruise across the Atlantic and then we'll hit up um, Jamaica and the Caribbean. I want, yeah, I want like a. I know. I want a Puerto Rican Loki. I just want to see what that looks like. (laughs) Just like like some serious attitude and like a little bit of sass, you know, maybe like a, like all denim outfit, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Because uh, none of the other Lokis have any kind of attitude or sass. They're very well behaved. Not like Puerto Ricans, my friend. Just wait. Come, <laughs> come around here. Come come hang out with my mom one of these days. You'll All see right. what I'm talking about, uh, which I would love. Uh, so with that, I actually have a, a game I want to play. And all 
three of you are able to do this. I'm going to try and, uh, Lennox, you're going to help with the editing of this. So uh, in the edit, I'm going to explain, because this is a very visual game, but in the edit, I'll explain what I'm showing to uh, <laughs> these guys, if I can. I'm going to put up photos, and I want any one of you to name a new name for that Loki. You know, like we have Gator Loki, and we have Boastful Loki, which was the one with the, the black one with the Mjolnir hammer, and we've got Classic Loki, right? I want you to give me a name for this Loki here. I'm now holding up the photo of a completely plucked chicken that is laying in a very suggestive sexual pose. What would this Loki be called, Virginia? Oh, Salmonella Loki. <laughs> yes, perfect. All right, that's not going to get any better than that. Also, Relaxing. that was from the New York Times? Why Apparently. was that picture in the New York Times? Why is there a sexy chicken in the New York Times? Why not? I don't. <laughs> uh, in, not? Yeah, it was... in our country, we have this tradition that newspapers will have uh, porn on the third page. So I imagine the New York Times does similar. I've never seen it. They, they definitely try. All right, Chris, give me what this would be. This is a picture of Butthead from Beavis and Butthead but wearing a Hugh Hefner-style robe. Uh, BV? <laughs> it's butt... That was butthead, by the Is way. It's butthead. Oh, yeah. God. All right. Arfie. Bucky, then. <laughs> Bucky, yes. Uh, what is that? <laughs> this is an absolute nightmare salamander. It has tendrils coming out the side of its face, but it looks... Gecko slash salamander esque. I don't know what it is. It's disgusting. That's Tom Hiddleston Loki. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is actually my favorite thing. Without to do. the makeup. It's, right, a perfect po- it's perfect format for podcasts. That's why I, I know. Everybody can, everybody's going to love this at home. <laughs> Virginia, what is that? This is a photo of Hayden Christensen, who most famously has played Anakin Skywalker in his Anakin Skywalker robe and a blue lightsaber. What is that? Who is that? You tell me. That's, I don't know, Jim. (laughs) Jim Loki. Uh, All right. Anybody else? This is for everybody. You guys can name this. Give me the name for this Loki. This is a photo of the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile, which I think is a, just a large Oscar Mayer Wiener painted in bright orange and yellow with automobile-style windows. Oh, that's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The worst, Loki? Yes. Oh, oh, I'm so happy I thought about this seconds before we started to do this episode. <laughs> Uh, that was Name That Loki, the new segment in our podcast that we will do for every show forever. Great job. Uh, okay, real quick rundown before we go to episode six. What are we thinking in episode five? Because we, we have to talk about episode six. Right now, to me, I thought it was pretty cool. I think this was like the final turn for our mm-hmm. Loki in the sense of uh, Loki Prime, if you will, where like he's in love, clearly. 
And know. he is no longer whatever whatever that turn is in a in a in a movie where he's now like officially a changed character. So mm. the, the the trials of that journey have now officially changed him and everything going forward, it's like this new choices, these new path. He will never be the same style of Loki again. And I love that. That was really cool. I had mm. it's fun to see that change. It's Tom Hiddleston is so amazing, and you can kind of really see him go from swarthy dickhead to like, you know, super vulnerable. And I thought it was great. I agree. And I also think that it really, in this program's favor, that I believed that change, but then I turned yeah. to my viewing partner and indeed life partner, Laura, and I said, <laughs> but there's still a chance that, yes. he, that he's, this is all it's a manipulation. All a yeah, yeah. And, and I really hope it's not. I really hope he is changed, but I still don't quite believe that he is. And that's amazing to still have it both. Yeah, to, yeah. like uh, that's so lovely to. Uh, I mean, we'll go on to talk about six, but I right at the end, right until the end, I thought he was just going to turn around and stab <laughs> Sylvie at some point. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Yeah, <laughs> just didn't uh, know. It it play it does the show does really good at playing that. Did you like the fighting in this episode? Still no. Are we like? Are we sad? Are we missing out on uh, you know Arfie's favorite thing, which is just explosions and guns and going boom, boom, bang, bang. I mean, so I really like like the first, I suppose, act of um, of Black Widow, where you've got someone with a shield throwing it, and it's in a Central European city, and it was basically identical looking and feeling to my favorite television series of all time, um, The Falcon and the Winter and the, the Winter Falcon. Um, yeah, I Falcon. I loved it so much, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, and, and I, I have to say, I, I enjoyed the, the fighting in this because it was silly, it was fun, um, and I, so I, I didn't feel it was believable when Loki fell in love, and you know, it that felt like a longer arc uh, needed to lead up to it. But I was so invested in wanting it to happen that I was like, ah, I'll give a free pass. But I still. I didn't think that uh, Loki Prime would uh, stab Sylvie in the back. I expected the other way around because uh, she has mm. been much more um, an unsoftened Loki. She hasn't gone through, yeah. um, you know, she hasn't been in a Taika Waititi version, so you haven't had that whole um, <laughs> wacky fun of Ragnarok where you've got um, you know him getting closer to, to Thor. And there's a really sweet thing where he develops as a character there. She hasn't had that in that same way. So she's more the unreconstructed Loki type of um, the, you know, the first Thor film and the first Avengers film. Right. So I, I'd For like you- that she's a lot more uh, likely to stab in the back but you know i i love that they got along i was just like oh bless them i hope it works out virginia did you uh did you buy the chemistry between these two like when you're watching it because i i i really like sylvie and loki prime i really like these actors and the the like kind of what arfie was saying is there, there is a little bit of that friction but the, the way they pulled it off i thought was awesome i wanted to get your thoughts on that Oh, yeah. I think they played off each other well. I had something to say about the fighting. Oh, okay. I don't really care about the relationship. What Um, you got? Well, sometimes the fighting seems like they're kind of just doing a fight call before a show and it's a little slow. (laughs) And like they're like just going through the motions. And I'm like, you can't speed that up a little. Like, you don't know this choreography. You can't just. It just felt a little. Sometimes it felt a little slow. And then it felt like. 
I hate a shaky cam. I'm anti-shaky cam. Um, but I don't like when you do camera work to try and make the fighting look more <laughs> more real. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I actually But it is agree. also COVID exactly time. Maybe they can't say. touch each other. I don't know. Yeah, they didn't have like the, the – it was like they didn't have time to do the training, that you know, that normal Marvel training thing where like you, you get into a movie – you do seven months of like rigorous training and then all of a sudden you come out, you know, like perfect, like Taekwondo. It did feel like that where there was just like a lot of swinging, like obvious swing, like you would do in like a Star Trek movie in the nineties or something. Like mm-hmm. it was just like obvious swing overhead, you block up, then you like swing down low, real slow. And then you block down. And it's kind of like just that on repeat with better angles and, you know, kind of purple stuff in the background. I agree with that. Purple. Time travel. By the way, Arfi, I don't know if you know this. Uh, Virginia very wisely deciphered the secret to time travel being the fact that it's purple. If there's mm. purple stuff, yeah, like grape, like grape drink is a time traveling. Chris's glasses are currently time oh my traveling. God. Yes. Yeah. He's back. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about episode. Well, all right. So let's, any other final thoughts, episode five, what else are we thinking <sighs> As we move into, I think this is where the shit fucking hits the 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 time fan. I don't know. It's like it goes absolutely bit bonkers here. So before we get into that, any last final thoughts? Episode five. There were these birds at the end of the episode that were like walking on the oh, ground, yes. <laughs> and I liked them. What the fuck were those <laughs> birds? They were like they had just like a floating ball for a head, and they were like disembodied little like cuckoo birds. It was so wild. To that point, I heard that that last episode, episode five, was uh, directed by the same director or written by the same director, same writer from Rick and Morty. Oh, <clears throat> that's why I didn't I like didn't it. So uh, all of it, all six episodes were directed by Kate Heron, um, whom I vaguely know uh, from the improv scene. Um, oh, wow. Uh, you know, we're 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 very close, not at all close friends. Um, I, <laughs> I I love her work um, and did so as an improviser as well. So as soon as I saw in the credits to the first episode, I was like, yeah, I'm all in on this. Uh, yeah, I, I just sure. love it when people you know even vaguely do well. So um, yeah, yeah, even if it had been terrible and it wasn't, um, I I would ride hard for this series anyway. Oh, cool. That's a cool little fact. Arfi, that was like a legitimately good, <laughs> nice fact. I thought you were about to turn it and then be like, but this episode was a big bag of shit. No, uh, no, right. I liked and, it. I, I liked the whole series. Um, yeah, it was I, really good. I just, I, part of it is that um, my expectations have been so lowered by the previous Marvel series. <laughs> uh, no way, that show was great. <laughs> All right. All right, episode six. Let's talk about it. Here we go. The final episode. The fucking craziest shebang of all. I think, I'll be honest, this was the wild and I think probably the best submission to the MCU since like the Guardians of the Galaxy as far as just something that we had never seen before and something that's going to set up, like it teed up, it's going to tee up so much. It had to do so much lifting for Marvel in general. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. So give me your thoughts on that, Virginia. Give me the just first impressions on episode six. I liked the trippy beginning. It was all like, woo, yes. timelines and things. Um, 
like Willy Wonka style. Like Jonathan Majors. Yes. He comes in later. Um, there's this mm-hmm. like vaporwave vibe in this episode. Also, I cannot get my TV to be bright enough for this show. So I feel like I'm missing <laughs> a lot of things because I have the brightness up, but I'm still like, can't see. That's my opinion on that's everything. Your, that's your first impression. Your take on this show was that your TV <laughs> could get bright enough. <laughs> you like had to sit up close. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. You're like, I, I couldn't see much, but there was like this pixel right here that I really liked. It was, uh, Chris, what did you think? Uh, episode six. I've got a bunch of stuff. Firstly, um, I, this is the first episode that I, wa- I got a new Apple TV 4k box. So I watched this episode in Dolby vision, oh like HDR God. with, with Atmos sound as well. So the, oh, the sound nice. coming yeah, from yeah. above the top, it was mind-blowing to watch yeah. it was mind-blowing to watch it was really beautiful that feels really bad to say after Virginia just said yeah, it. I didn't see anything and i'm like i could see everything and it was incredible but at, at 4k it. when you're going like that close up you're still seeing millions of pixels in that tiny area yeah it was uh it was that's incredible. crazy but yeah, beautiful stuff. Like this is just a film, right? I mean, right. There's no, there's no difference between the standard of a TV show and a film anymore. No, um, no not on this level. We, yeah, we make fun of the credits at the end of uh, Marvel shows at the moment. Like they're as long as the program. It's because a film crew. Yeah, in a literal, <laughs> you have to like name the production teams and the location manager, like all and... the stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. But, but also, let's compare the actual quality of the credits of these shows to uh, the actual <laughs> Marvel films. Because, honestly, the one for WandaVision with the close-up of the pixels, uh, which is ideal for Virginia, that must have been how you saw this episode. Um, <laughs> and then it, with um, the Winter Falcon um, with... The Greatest the, Show? Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, the Greatest Showman. Um <laughs> With, with all the amazing. posters and all that kind of thing. And this one, uh, with all the paraphernalia of the TVA, they're brilliant. Um, yeah. Just and credit they sequences. Well, they're right? so nice. The detail in the credit sequence alone at the end, like the the... The, that montage of just, you know, just FUD that you see at the very end. It's yeah. so cool. That so whole, beautiful. So you're a variant pamphlet. is just charming. It's, yeah. this, it adds depth and um, there's not a lot of uh, credit sequences that do that. So I was really, really it's on almost, board with that. It's almost as detailed feeling. as my, where's, which name that Loki sequence. It's that level of depth of quality. Except the difference is that um, television is a visual medium, so we could actually see it. I really liked this episode. Um, and what yeah. I liked about it was... Almost everything, but uh, I particularly liked how, please forgive me or don't, how low-key it was um, after the previous episode that we'd had this crescendo. Ah, bite me. In a socially distanced way. Can Uh, I just think that everyone got my pun where I said uh, that the credit sequence didn't get enough credit? Yeah. I I don't know if anyone, if we talked over that when I said... No, no, no. We we didn't laugh, but that's not why. Good. Um, Good. But no, it, I, I did I like it. how it was um, a really 
quite toned down, quiet thing, in the same way that Game of Thrones used to do, uh, where you'd have the penultimate episode of a season was a big, huge battle, and then the final episode was a lot more talky, a lot more setting things up for the future, and a lot more conspiratorial. And I really liked that. In fact, I think the thing it most reminded me of was the final episode of The Americans, which is a masterpiece in how to end a television series. Please don't talk any more about that. I haven't right. listened to the yeah. last season yet. I will listen. Right. Yeah, I just listened um, to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because television <laughs> isn't a visual medium, uh, like a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, like I said, like I was explaining earlier, clearly we all now understand that we listen but, to TV and we yeah. watch podcasts. But it's but really it interesting, just, right? Oh, sorry, Arthur. Oh, no, I was just going to say it was lovely that we got uh, this extended confrontation. And it wasn't a, uh, you know, um, fisticuffs kind of confrontation. It was a very measured thing. And yeah. um, you, you've got Jonathan Majors there um, absolutely bringing it in. I mean, you know, this week was a good week for being a, a, a Majors fan. It's just just wonderful performance and such... Because I'd never come across this character before. I, I'm familiar uh, now yeah. with the idea that he is Kang, um, yeah, I, I actually, understand that you, that's significant. Harvey, well, before spoilers. you go further, before oh, okay, no, no, it's okay. So, no, before no, you no. go further, and in the final episode of the Americans, no, <laughs> sorry, Chris. <laughs> uh, what Virginia, am I like? Did you get that this was like a Kang thing? Like, did you understand what was going down at all? So I do listen to you two when you talk, and at oh. one point he said something like, "Oh, something ruler." Or a conqueror, and he like yes. went like conqueror, and then I went, oh, and they said it was purple, and everything is purple, and I was like, I know who this is, and then yes. I looked him up on the internet. Um, yes, King the so, Conqueror. Thank through. you, thank you no. for your mm. help, Chris. What are you thinking? Well, I would say, I was saying it's so interesting that this episode was just people talking, but I'd go further than that. It was one person talking for yes. 75% mm-hmm. of it. And what, what, a, get, what a job, right? Like Jonathan Majors. Yeah. What an introduction. So just so we're all on the same page and our listeners out there too, Kang the Conqueror is who this is. And Kang the Conqueror in the comics is basically like Thanos level of villainry as far as... Time. With but with time across all of the comic books, like so from fi- uh, the Fantastic Four to you know Thor and Loki and all of that and, and the Avengers, like he's he's a ba- Thanos is a big baddie and so is Kang. So that's definitely they're setting up him to be the future main villain, the the totem villain for the next phase or whatever. But the exciting thing is we this is not Kang the Conqueror we're seeing here. No. Mm. This is this is the guy that had defeated Kang the Conqueror, right. Conqueror at least temporarily. If his you can use the word temporarily when you're talking about time. He's he's What's his name, Chris? His I'm going to call him Phil the Co- Conqueror Conqueror. <laughs> just Dr. Phil. <laughs> Dr. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he's just the guy who's worked out. He's the the cork in the bottle, right? Yes. That, that's yeah. going to release all that. He's a different version. That's what's so wonderful. When we finally meet Kang the Conqueror, and he, you know, he has been confirmed as playing uh, right. Kang the Conqueror. He'll be Kang in, the Conqueror too. Yeah, yeah. It, or die, right? We do we do it, meet Kang the Conqueror technically at the very end, in the sense like there's a there's a big statue of this new 
like villainous Kang. And I know that's we don't Kang need the him statue, yet. though. Yeah, that is Kang the statue, definitely. Yeah. Kang the statuer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. He's you're just, right. It's he's not... just a statue. Um, you know, he's big, but uh, can't Kang do. He's literally a statue. <laughs> we will, we will see eventually, though. We'll see Kang. Uh, the, but I think that's what that's what I mean. Like they're showing us that they're like this Kang, this villainous Kang is ready. Go ahead, so, Virginia. What you got? Mm. Oh, sorry. No, you can go. Go. Yeah, okay. Go. Well, I just had a question. Go. So Kang, <laughs> Kang is is mad at time. Thanos was mad at overpopulation. Arfi, <laughs> yeah. yes. what would you be? What would your villain be mad at? Oh, um. Good question. I mean, neoliberalism, obviously. <laughs> sure, um, sure. So, and it's one of those ones where, you know, the <laughs> the villain, um, as as we saw with the flag smashers, is just right, um, and yeah, then just has to be made villainous because maintaining the status quo is um, an important part of these, particularly since, you know, the US military funds them in part. Um, so, you know, the status quo is an important thing to, to maintain. Thrilling. So, yeah. yeah. So, thrilling what's villain. your villain's name? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Ian. <laughs> yes. Yes, Ian. Yeah, Ian, Ian. The, Ian, the anti-neoliberalist. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just this guy. Yeah, he's just a guy. He's just a, he's so, just a frustrated guy. The the thing about Kang, um, or rather, uh, he who remains. I think that's that's yeah. um, this chap. Uh, he's not a villain, um, and I yeah. I love that he's not presented as a villain. Like the lead up is ah, oh, this guy's behind it all. He's the villain, and when you meet him, he's not villainous. Uh, part of right. that is. Uh, Good script writing, and it's not your standard "mwahaha, I'm a villain" type speech. Right. And you'll notice I, I put on my villainous uh, facial Goatee. hair for this, and yes. um, have no way of using it. It's just completely inappropriate for the situation. But um, <laughs> he's he's he says outright, um, you know, I might be a villain, but I insist I'm not, um, and gives them the essentially the choice of how to deal with that. Um, and it's I I take him at his words. He felt sincere. It's it's a wonderfully nuanced performance. So he might not be, and it's still believable. But uh, he's he's not a villain. Um, it's not even like Killmonger, where you go, all right. He he goes about in a villainous way, but he's actually right. No, this is just this guy isn't a villain. And the great he's thing about impartial, is, effectively, yeah, yeah. The plenty yeah. of of. Ca- Kang e Kangan, Kangs, 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 I guess, uh, are going to be not villains, and I really like that. Yeah, uh, I I wrote that in my notes. I was like, you know, this Kang was good-ish, not not good or bad or anything. He's just like a he's there, he exists, and then obviously Jonathan Majors just being so quirky because he's lived a million years, like made it even more so. Like he just doesn't care. Like he can come, you gonna swing your sword at him. He's like, I've been here. I've been doing this for a while, motherfuckers. I could do this. I could do this all day. Literally. It's interesting that you say that Jonathan Majors has lived a a million years. I didn't know that about him, but that explains a lot about the depth of his performances. Mm. I feel sincerely that he probably could have. I actually have a real serious question for all of y'all. Is Marvel ready for an interracial relationship? The reason why I ask that is as we will find out in the future, Ravana Renslayer, aka Gugu Mbathura, is 
now disappeared, right? Like, so she's just on her own journey. So we, that's another question too. Like, where is she? What is she going to be doing? We'll find out later. But at some point, she and Kang get together. Those two characters in the comic books. And I realize now that they cast Gugu, who is amazing, but she's also brown. And Kang is brown. And they will eventually be kissing together. And uh, Ravana Renslayer is not brown. Nor is King is purple. So <laughs> I'm just curious, like, why, I, I, like, is there something about it? Because they've never been able to do that sort of thing. Like, you know, uh, when there's a black character, they always kiss, you know, like their, their relationship is of uh, the same color as them, same as white people. So I'm wondering, do you think Marvel's ready for that? If Ravana would have been white? I'd say yes. Um, and I, I think the, the reasoning for that is uh, they would have been ready some years ago, but and I, I don't know the names of people involved, but the chap who was, I think, president of Marvel Comics or some such, he was yeah. against that. He was against having a female-led um, superhero film because uh, two previous ones, which were bad films, hadn't yeah. succeeded. Like Catwoman um, and Electra and, or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, because uh, like a load of his emails leaked where he was saying, women, they're terrible, they shouldn't be allowed yeah. in these things. Um, as a result, they've been able to go, okay, we don't need to be bound by his prejudices on this. And I that was certainly holding it back, uh, as I understand, not just uh, on a misogynistic level, that it was also um, making everything mostly white and uh, very keep within your lanes kind of thing, which yeah. um, uh, given that I, I understand that like the Latino audience is the fastest growing film audience and like spends the most on watching uh, superhero films specifically. So um, the fact is that, you know, all of this is about pandering to white audiences and white audiences are a smaller and smaller fraction of the audience. So yeah, um, I, I, I think we're absolutely due that, and I I think we are in an era now where the politics within Marvel, within Disney, and so on, aren't going to get in the way of that. Uh, I mean, I hope so, absolutely. Chris, what are your thoughts on the fact that Falcon and Winter Soldier already almost had an interracial relationship, which makes that show a better show than this show? <laughs> wow. Because you know Bucky and and Falcon's sister, they were they were they were they were giving each other's looks. Yeah, I think you know you can have aspects of a show that are more successful, whereas the whole show isn't quite as <laughs> successful overall. I'm wow. very I'm very happy that they went there, but, but you know I think Loki. How did you do that? How did you just diplomatically <laughs> answer that so fucking cleanly? <laughs> but I mean, the issue is, are they an age appropriate couple? Because Bucky is what ten thousand years old. I forget the details, but yes. you know, <laughs> yes. it's it's still a no. bit iffy. Whereas Chris, for this couple, they're yeah. both tens of thousands of years mm -hmm. old, so mm -hmm. it's much. And I think once you get after, you know, once you get past the kind of ten thousand year mark, you're probably okay, it's even if there's a hundred thousand years between you from that point onwards. <laughs> Do you agree with that, Virginia? I'm, wow. Oh, no. Hold I on, I want to know, Virginia. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Because my granddad has got a girlfriend. Um, so my granddad is 98 and, um, and his girlfriend is 87. Whoa. So there's like an Crazy 11 year stretch. difference between them, but looking at them, you don't really see that 11 year difference. 
so I went, we yes. can multiply that up to hundreds of thousands of years. And they're all looking good on it, right? You they know, do. both they those are characters good. are looking good on the hundreds of thousands of years. I'm, I'm like, I feel like it's okay. So it's open They're looking good yeah. in these dimensions. Yes. It's just a matter of perspective. V, what do you got? Oh, I definitely think it's Virginia, what do you think it? I definitely think it's how you look because like in the interview with a vampire, (laughs) Kirsten Dunst is like 500 years old, but she's a child. So then you're like, ew. But she's actually older, I think, than Brad Pitt in that movie. So who's like, what, 200 years old? Um, So taking it way back to what, 1994. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But I think yeah. I think when you get into the thousands, it's it is it is similar. I agree. Mm. Last question on this note before we get into wild predictions. Th- <laughs> what are your thoughts overall on this show? A and B, like the the future of the MCU. Are we like feeling good about it? Are we feeling like Jonathan Majors, aka? Future Kang the Conqueror, current uh, Kang the the chillax apple eater. Uh, is <laughs> that a good? Yeah, it's, yeah. Is that a good? Uh, are we ha- like loving that, or where are we at? I'm gonna start there, Virginia. You tell me what your thoughts are. End of this show. What you got out of it, and the future. I like that he ate a green apple because when I looked him up on the internet, there's some green on his costume. So that was a nice little throwback. (laughs) Yep. That's how I think that works. I am so (laughs) marveled out. I don't want to watch another Marvel thing. I don't care about superheroes. I was having a good time for a while. Now, I need a break. I think we're going to go on hiatus. And me and Marvel, we're going to take a little... You know, it's not you, it's me, Marvel. <laughs> it, it's very true. <sighs> I when can't. did you uh, when did you like fall off? What was the tipping point? Probably the first episode of The Falcon and the Dude. Um <laughs> Yes. Very and, yes. Um, but also oh, I think I think Jonathan Majors did a great job, but boy, he talked a lot. And I was like, Well, <laughs> I'm gonna go on my phone now because he's just talking and I'll just pop back in later. So. Let, me know. Yeah. <laughs> let me know how it goes. Hey, hey, Tom, let me know how it's going. All right, Chris, final thoughts, uh, future of the MCU, Loki. I love that I follow that up with you because I know you're going to have the exact opposite reaction. <laughs> I'm going to have the exact opposite reaction, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited uh, about this new phase because they're going to tell more diverse, more interesting stories, I think. Um, yeah. I've made a, I think I've said before that my favorite ever Marvel character is about to get her own series, Ms. Marvel. Yeah, Ms. Marvel. Uh, I think, like, if they bring that character to the screen, the way that she's written in the comics, in all her geeky, goofy, silly brilliance, um, mm. then I'm just so excited for the future. I'm excited for the, the, the multiverse being unleashed in Doctor Strange and all the ways they're going to probably sort of bring in characters from all over the different Marvel properties and even properties that aren't part of Marvel Studios turning up in that one. That's like catnip for me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and just, you know, I just, I'm really excited for this phase. They, they, they are the biggest entertainment property in the world now. They could keep churning out these led by white people films. Yeah. They like very doing yeah, that. White and red I'm really stuff. Excited. Yeah. yeah, I am I have to say I yeah, 
but they were always going to have me uh, as a fan. So it's not, I mean, I am the very definition of shooting fish in a barrel when it comes to liking this stuff. So, well done, you got me the lowest bar ever. But I'm still very excited. I love it. Arfi, final thoughts. Make I, it quick. I, I will say, uh, I thought Shooting Fish was a very good film. Really it enjoyed was. that back in my youth. Oh, uh, Kate Beckinsale, right? Yeah. Oh, um, nice. But, uh, no, I, so I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic for the future. Um, as long as we have more things like this and like WandaVision than like uh, the other Marvel things that have come out this year so far. Although <laughs> I will say, I, I think Florence Pugh is marvellous and is marvellous yeah, in Black Widow. So and I, I hope that that's setting her up as the new Black Widow and that she's yeah, not just is. going to be you know, in the background of, you know, part of the Avengers or part of the Thunderbolts or whatever they're called, uh, that it will, that she will actually be fronting some of these films because I, I thought she was wonderful. Um, and yeah, best thing about that, um, that film by far, but we're not talking about that. Um, I, I, I love the, um, the ambition and the scope of this series and one division that it shows that they they could keep churning out you know captain america lookalikes and probably still make billions um and the fact that they aren't content to rest on those laurels is wonderful um i'm really looking forward to chloe zhao's uh film whatever that one's called because uh, that could be it yes um and because I, I loved uh, The Rider, um, didn't care for Nomadland, but it's very hard to watch a film that slow during mm. a pandemic. Um, it's great in the cinema because you don't have your phone out, but I was just there and then I'd keep looking up and going, oh, we're in a different scene now. Okay. Uh, so I didn't really follow it. But uh, I, <laughs> I, I'm i fascinated to see how she brings that pensive, um, borderline boring style to one of these films, and I, I really want to see that. I'm not not even taking the piss there. I, I want to see yeah, that kind same. of uh, style brought to it. So, uh, yeah, th- there's just yeah. some really exciting things coming up. Like an, and, epic, uh, an epic tale sort of deal. Yeah, like you, yeah. we don't get like the epic, like, uh, you know, uh, 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 Iliad-esque almost view of the world in, in, in a Marvel film. I do love that. Yeah, I'm looking forward mm. to it. Yeah, so I'm excited. Um, and I know there'll be some duffs, but that's fine. Go, Chris. I was just going to say that the current Eternals <laughs> run uh, that's happening at the moment, written by yeah. Kieran Gillen, is so good. He's such it a great, uh, he's such a great writer. Everything that he writes is brilliant. He wrote the Young Avengers back in the day, and they're setting up the Young Avengers right now. We're seeing like mm-hmm. Wiccan is uh, one of the the kids in in One Division, so they're slowly yeah. introducing all the different parts of the Young Avengers yeah. team as well. The younger Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, and yeah, anything that Kieran Gillen does, I think, is amazing, and the more of that that starts um, percolating Virginia, through the MCU. Stop text. Stop checking your phone. <laughs> oh, I'm so boring. <laughs> I can tell how boring I am. I at least I'm no, not aware. No, my thought was. What are your, what are your my thought was? Oh, great! Now we get kid versions of this. Fantastic! <laughs> I love kid actors. <laughs> they bring me so much joy. Here's the thing. There are some really good kid actors these days. Like with kid the actors. the Stranger Things uh, lot, they've they they were surprisingly good. And I just yeah. binged the entire first season of Home Before Dark, and the child actors in that are wonderful. Uh, they're even younger, I think, than the Stranger Things lot, and yet um, 
not at all irritating, uh, the right level of precocious. Uh, really good series, that. Um, we won't. I don't think we'll see, like, kids' kids, though. You know what I mean? Like, in, uh, these young Avengers will be, like, te- late teens, early 20s people. So I don't think we're going to get, too. like... Mm. I mean, I do, too. I mean, I, well, Gen, Gen, Gen Z... Fuck those bastards. Uh, but I want to be are, cool. <laughs> if, if we're talking teens, 20s, I would love to see a Gilded Age uh, Avengers film. Um, you know, all the Art Deco <laughs> stuff. Uh, I'd be all over that. Yeah, I just realized Lennox is listening, and he's he's a Gen Zer. <laughs> they're they're a Gen Zer. <laughs> they just message. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, fuck you, Lennox. I love you so much. I'm just kidding. You're the best. Uh, uh. <laughs> all right. With that note, let's cut it here. And what we're gonna do is we're going to do five minutes of improv. Thank you. When we come back and we (laughs) be right back with a five minute scene all about Aloke. Stick around. And we cut to the Council of Ian's. All right, quiet, quiet, quiet. All right, let's let's begin. Let's begin the let's begin the meeting. Um, Ian here, welcome. To, to my home. Uh, the As we all know, all Ians are particularly furious about very specific things, and, and here is mm. the form in which we can divulge that. Uh, I, oh, so- myself... Sorry, Ian. Ian here. Um, I was wondering if we could do a roll call first, just because we. Uh, I noticed we didn't do one last meeting, and I don't I don't want to get pissy about this, but uh, we if we don't know who's here... I've, I've got it here. Don't. Can I just go through that? Yes. Can I first say that, uh, as you all know, my uh, personal pain, my personal peeve is when I am interjected upon during my opening speech. So thank you for allowing me to represent that in full. Thank you. Uh, Ian, go check my name off the box. Thank you. Okay. So Ian? Here. No, Ian. Yes. No, I meant Ian. Sorry. Oh, 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 here, here, here. No, I meant Ian. Thank you, Ian. Uh, so now, Ian. Here. No, Ian. Uh, oh. Thank you, Ian. Uh, Ian. Oh, that's me, Ian. Uh, um, and I have apologies from Ian. And Ian. Oh, Ian. Mm, Ian couldn't make Ian it this time. Mm. Suspicious that it's Ian and Ian again. It's always, it's always, those two. it's always, it's always Ian and Ian. Uh, sorry, as you were, I, I just, we need to do the roll call. So, as you were, Ian. Sorry, not Ian, Ian. Yes. Uh, so, Komodo Dragon Ian, if you would like to uh, begin and tell us how you're feeling today and what you're angry about. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, indeed. Really? Yeah, no, yeah nobody. You have likes to leave that. now, then, Komodo Dragon. Ian. You're just gonna leave the meeting in the in the middle. Shit. Wow. And for the minutes, uh, Ian has left. Komodo Dragon, Ian. What? A, what a shame. What a sadness. Well, he left a uh, big shit. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no, that. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. That was that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
Uh, shall shall we shall we continue then? Yes. Yes. Ian. Yes. Yes. Sorry, Ian. Yes, lady, lady Ian, if you will, sure. or Lian, Lian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. I I have been having um, a real visceral reaction to kombucha. Mm. Mm. Yes, mm. indeed. Oh. I think. Okay. I think I'm going to take down big kombucha. What I just wanted your opinion on. Would you would you like my opinion or do you? Uh, uh, yeah, do you Ian prefer? and Ian. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, Ian well, and Ian aren't here, but uh, oh, right. I, for- <laughs> I, I forget they're always sit. together. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean that's why we're here. So uh, as we all know, uh, as as head Ian, uh, I I've brought this. I Whoa. brought this together. What Hedian? Hedian. Yeah. Your, your Manian. Yes. So, Man, yeah. Hedian. So, main, sorry, main your Hedian. Main Ian. Uh, I don't think so. Did uh, you take a vote uh, on that? Uh, uh, shall we? I, I personally, I, I mean, I, as you all know, one of my other peeves is is concluding via vote a decision. That's always been a, a big pain of mine. And so have you I, ever I, taken over a planet because of voting rights? Me personally, no. Uh, mainly because uh, my third pet peeve is is the process of taking over anything, whether that's taking wow. over a, a new for the show minutes. Or Ian has too many peeves. Well, I yeah. thought I thought we were allowed one, and we were supposed to be really mad about. Well, that's the why one. I'm yeah. head Ian. That is why I'm head Ian because I have the most. Ian. You are not head Ian. I am because Ian. I have the most problems. No, I have you're mad Ian because you're a male Ian. All right, fine. Well, all right. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Why don't you, fine, Ian, why don't you go ahead and you exclaim to uh, Lian what she should do about her big kombucha problem? Right, okay. Um, I'm not mansplaining Ian. He's he's away this week, so um, I'm, I'm just minute taker, Ian. <laughs> so I, I can't get involved in that. But uh, uh, Lady Ian, um, I, I am happy to take the minutes of whatever decision you choose, um, and I will underline it uh, for emphasis. Okay. Um, well, I'm really mad at kombucha, so uh, I... Pardon me! Pardon me! Oh, Jesus, Ian. Angelo, oh, this is, this is uh, kombucha Ian here. I... Take a personal offense to this, but as you all know, I like probiotics. I am a fan of sort of having, uh, you know, germs and different bacterial growths in my body as an aid to my system. It is a powerful tool for your digestive tract and also an important part of the eco- uh, the, <laughs> the ecological system of the universe. And uh, yeah, hello, and. Um- Ian, who doesn't like people talking about digestive tracts here, please stop talking about your digestive tract. Um, thank you, Ian. Sorry about that, Ian. I just get very furious when people try to knock down big kombucha when it's clearly helping our digestive tracts across the land. It's an important part of the, the system of your body, and I just can't hold it in any longer. I literally can't. I, I have to go to use the restroom. Uh, I'd like to back kombucha, Ian. Uh, this is Chad, Ian. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, your farts are cleaner with kombucha, and the bro's always got your back. Yeah, dude. 
Dad, this is bro, this is brilliant. I totally did. had a backup shot. No, bro, you're the best. You're the, no this man, is the you're way. The best. Um, sorry, Mandalore Ian here. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to say that, that this is the way. Yeah, totally, dude. Yeah, Kombucha Ian could go fuck himself, Dad. Well, I can and, see so that this for is the minutes, a... Sorry, for the minutes is is Kombucha Ian going to fuck himself? And when we say himself, which himself do we mean? Is Kombucha Ian going to fuck me? Um, because if so, um, I I need to know because I, you know, I, I you know, I. I need to wear something nice. Uh, just, I just for the minutes, for the minutes, just for the minutes. Just hey, this minutes. is a for the minutes. This is for, this is self-flagellation, Ian, and I am a hundred percent down with whatever you decide, as long as I get to be in the middle. <laughs> oh, Ian. Well, this is seeming like a just a men's club here, so Leon doesn't feel welcome. And Leon has all of a sudden started talking in third person. What? <sighs> Sorry, as third person, Ian, I, I think you're really honing in on my thing. Uh, so, uh, uh, back off. Is that a... Uh, Could you say oh, that in... What's that? Oh, no. Bollocks. It's all did gone. You, did I, you say that in third person? <laughs> no, I, I've gone into the first person. Oh, no. It's a paradox! Oh, Whoa, dude. Oh. Third person it, Ian didn't say his name in third person. It's oh. all gone up in here. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and scene. Oh, self-flagellation Ian. Is that what that is? Did I say that? Did I use that term properly? I always misuse that, that word, self-flagellation. It's all you do. use that word a lot? More often than you, more often than I care to admit, <laughs> particularly for a word that I don't know the definition of. It's uh, um, it's uh, it's not quite. Yeah, okay, I'll work. I'll work on that. Uh, all right. Uh, sad news: we lost one of our famed friends. Uh, Mister Mead had to leave a little bit early, so we won't get his final thoughts. Although I'm pretty sure they are just that he loves everybody and he loves. Us, all of three of us, and he had. I'm gonna do probably everything he would say, and he loved the show, and he missed. He's so sad that it's over, and that he wishes that we could just do a million more of these, and that he can't wait to see Miss Marvel. Probably those are all the things that he would probably say because he's adorable and so sweet and kind and the most generous human being in the world. But I will now move to the polar opposite of that. Arfi, what are your final thoughts? <laughs> I just really liked it. I um, just so good, and I'm really looking forward to Ms. Marvel, and it just just really nice. Um, and I really like Doctor Who as well. And oh, no. floppy hair. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Chris, we did you so dirty, but it's all true. Uh, he has beautiful hair too, actually. Chris he does. Great hair. Yeah. Uh, Arfi, real final thoughts, and I want you to give me one wild prediction for season two of Loki. So, first final thoughts, then wild predictions. Um, okay, so my actual final thoughts were genuinely the same as my imagined Chris's ones. <laughs> I just really loved it. Um, it was, it wasn't high art, but it was high entertainment, and um, yeah, I like that. isn't that what we all need? Yeah, uh, a prediction for season two. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have predicted that season two was going to happen, so that's a that's a big bold move. But <laughs> You're right. um, I I I'm I'm thinking multiple Mobiuses. 
like loads. Yeah. Um, and um, I think we'll all just be watching it, just going, wow. Mobius Prime needs to come back, right? Like we need that like oh, battle hardened yeah. Mobius too. So that's their to relationship happen. was yeah, um it so underpinned great. everything before Sylvie came along. It was so lovely, and you can't just throw that away. I agree. I like that. I like that. All right. Multi Mobius. What are you thinking, Virginia? Final thoughts and wild predictions. Hated it on. No, just kidding. I actually really <laughs> liked it. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed how much I learned from this podcast. Chris uh, dropped a lot of knowledge, um, and I picked it up. So he is a good teacher. So those he is. who are in his class right this very minute are lucky. Um, yeah. I think we did not see one freaking jet ski. Jet ski. Thank you. I was going to say the same thing. What <laughs> so, the fuck? Season we were, two. We were Chekhov's jet ski did not happen in this show. And that is like the ultimate, like it, it has to happen. Yeah. Oh, so you're so right. My prediction is we get more Mobius. We get some jet ski action. Yeah. And maybe the color palette changes. Maybe we <laughs> move oh. from a cool purple, maybe to like a deeper bird. We pull out the color wheel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm hoping for a jet ski Mobius, which isn't Mobius on a jet ski. It's jet uh, Mobius He's made is a... a jet ski. Like a Lightning McQueen sort of character. Yes. Um, <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it. Lennox, what are your final thoughts <laughs> and, and wild predictions for this show? Am I being recorded? You're damn boomer. You're being recorded. <laughs> what are your um, final thoughts? I have Editor not Lennox. watched a single episode of Loki. I have just <laughs> listened to these people talk about Loki for weeks on end and edited the podcast. So tell so, me what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? I think <laughs> that in season two, yes. they'll defeat the TVA, which is the bad guys, and okay. then jet skis, and then by yes. the end of season two, they'll defeat the TVA, but then they'll like be another bad guy, and maybe the Lokis become the TVA. I don't know. They'll pull some dumb crap. That's my <laughs> prediction. I know everything. But thank you very much. Uh, oh, what's going to happen in season two of the podcast? Oh, that's a good question. What's going to happen in season two of the podcast, Lennox? More sexy chickens. Yes! Sexy chickens. I hope you guys know this, but visually that chicken was real horny. That was a horny chicken. <laughs> That chicken was I mean, saying, that, come here. Yeah, come hither. Hang out <laughs> in my wings. That chicken was raw. And with that note, start the music. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, please rate us where you can and share this with your friends stuck at home watching too much Disney Plus, like my good friend Virginia Gabby, who despises me at this point because I've made her watch so many Remember when <laughs> you made me watch things. Space Jam? That happened too. Yeah. <laughs> I do, and it makes me very happy uh, that I have that kind of power. That unlimited power. Uh, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Theater Greater Than Film and join our Facebook page Theater Greater Than Film. It's all TGTF. 
all day. Like, share, repost, repost, like, share, subscribe, like, share, post, load, subscribe, unlike, dislike, thumbs up, thumbs down, do it all, because algorithms don't give a fuck as long as you're engaging. Arfe, where can we find you on the internets? Um, please don't. <laughs> yep. Just, cool. uh, you know, I feel like uh, just some privacy at the moment. Just uh, sure. just leave me alone sure. on the internet. I'm, I'm a bit fragile at the moment, internet <laughs> speaking. Uh, yeah. Just uh, just back off. Just maybe back off. Fucking back away. Just back off a little bit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Virginia, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on the dark web. Ooh. Doing doing some some wheeling and dealing. Nice. Hanging out with that chicken. That sexy chicken. That chicken and I, we have a ruling down yonder. <laughs> dark web. In the dark web. You know. Oh, uh, Lennox, where can they find you on the internet? You can search. Nice. And if you find me, you do. These, look at these, look at these anti-social motherfuckers I got on my podcast. What the fuck? <laughs> These, these, like, you guys are so interesting. You're on a podcast and also terrified of, like, the outdoors. <laughs> it's a lot awesome. You can find Chris Mead at Mr. Chris Mead, M-R Chris Mead. And you can find me at Mike Check 12 M-Y-K-E, check one, the word one, and two, the word two. And also, you can just hang out with me. I'm totally fine with it because I need the love because I didn't have both of my parents and I watched TV to raise me most of the time. So I need all the attention I can get. That's a true story. <laughs> with that, we are done. Loki season one is out. It's over. We are done. I love you so much. We will see you in season two. I'm going to force Virginia to watch, even though she's probably going to hate me. But I'm going to force this crew to come back because I love you. All right. Bye. What a tragic yeah. twist. <laughs> and the end. Mwahaha, I'm a villain!